Hey. Hey, what's going on? Nothing. How are you? Uh, I'm alright. It's a Sunday. You doing a coffee pod? No, I... We stopped to get lunch on my way home, and I got coffee there, so I'm at my two cup for the day, or else huh? things will get weird later on, so... Yeah, I hit my two cup maximum. I'm, uh, I'm on beer now. It's a good move. I would have joined you, but, uh... I have none. Oh, I have wine downstairs, but I don't know if we're in the wine hours yet. Yeah. I don't know. We're not really in the beer hour yet either. I mean, I'm an hour behind you too, so. Oh, no. wow. What a touche. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get Trey in here. Okay. Let's see. Zingus. Should be, uh, this is going to be a tight pod today. It's just the uh, just the three of us, three amigos. I think it's a nice change of pace, though. We had a lot Hello. of good. Hello. Hey, there he is. What's um, going on there, bud? Uh, nothing much. Just kind of, you know, hanging out. Sunday. It's almost dark outside. It's four o'clock. Yeah, it's actually been seven o'clock for three hours. So it's three o'clock here. Anyway, um, can I tell you guys? about what I made last night before we start. Well, is the spoiler that it was a joint? No. Easy. <laughs> Redact that shit. <laughs> Alright, continue. Um, no, I had me me and the girl made brownies last night. And I put Reese's in them. Like, not Reese's pieces, but I cut up like Reese's peanut butter cups. Okay. And, put, and just like put them just press them into the into the brownie mix and it was it's incredible i've never done it like that before and it's i would highly recommend it which building off of this wonderful point that you've made and i will try this i did that with oreos once Mm. you you put down a layer of brownie batter and then you set a bunch of oreos on top and then you put down the rest of the batter see that's what i should have done i realized i should have done two layers of batter yeah, it's a, it's an excellent move. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, GoPuff for getting that real quick. Actually, redact that brand because no more. No free sponsors. No free sponsors. No free sponsors. Redacted. If uh, they want to throw some money our way, then uh, we'll talk about brownies. Shout out GoPuff. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, let's get this thing rolling then. Everybody, welcome to the TKW podcast. I'm Anthony Corbo. Here with me today, we got Kyle Maggio. Going on, buddy. We got Trey Zingus. Yeah, hello. And not uh not really a ton to talk about this week, but we can celebrate a big win last night. Um oh, but you know what? Where am I going? Before we get to that, we have to address some uh some comments from from LeBron James today. Um or was it last night? Was it did they play last night? 
Yes, it's from last night. Yeah, okay. it was right after they got done. Dennis called you a mentor, and what did you see from Dennis Smith tonight? Uh, the, the Knicks pass on a, on a really good one, and the Dallas and Dallas got the the diamond in the rough. He should be a Nick. It's gonna make some headlines, but he should be a Nick. But uh, Dallas is definitely. I know they're excited that he didn't go there. So he's an unbelievable talent, athleticism. He's uh, he's very poised to be a, be his age. Um, can shoot the ball, can penetrate. He's going to only get better and better with the opportunity that he's given here to play, you know. So um, uh, Dallas got a good one. I've been known now. I've been I've been with him for so long now. So I've been known as to how his talent level. Okay. So according to uh, according to King James, he said that the specifically said that the Knicks passed on a good one, and that Dennis Smith Jr. should be a Nick right now. Um, I what does that signal to you guys? Why why is why are the Knicks being singled out here? It's a lot of teams that passed on Dennis Smith Juniors, eight other teams. Um, is he trying to hint at something? I don't know. Where are we supposed to read between the lines here? It's because it's the Knicks. But why I hate to be that is, guy. Is Bron like? Is he trying to say that he's heading over this way? Do we have to deal with the LeBron to the Knicks thing all year long? I mean. JB's trying to speak it into existence. Our own uh, Knicks Film School has been trying to speak that into existence for a while now. He is the most so, popular man on Twitter. So, Yes, this is very, very true. Yeah. And he's, I mean, that's what he thinks. So I, I, I don't know. I want to read too much into it. It just, it just sounds so it was strange just a, to me. Was that true? I thought it was just a Phil Jackson shot. Like, that was Phil's last move mm. as, a G, as a general manager. And Phil's had issues with LeBron and vice versa in the past so I thought this was just like one more for LeBron because he always gets touted as this calculated guy and I definitely think that LeBron um, knows everything that he says is going to be headlines and he even said that like mid question last night when he said it's going to uh, cause headlines and whatnot so I thought it was just a Phil Jackson shot over everything that's Which fair is, I, really I, mean, like that. Yeah, I mean it's it's most likely I'm with you there I just I don't, and it's been this way since the summer. Anytime Dennis Smith did anything, whether it was one of the the Instagram highlight dunks or he had a couple of really good summer, well, most of his summer league games were really good, you know, or, you know, I think season opener, he came out with the bank and every time it was just like, Knicks are going to regret this. And I was like, well, maybe, and even probably, but maybe also there was like six other teams who will regret this? Like, why is it always, why is it always just us? Like, we're always at the forefront because of other draft follies. So I, I get it. It's it's along with the whole logic that you know when there's this like attack on the Knicks from the media, but it's because the Knicks have sucked for so long. So like, once we start riding the ship and making good sound decisions, maybe that'll go away. But uh, I don't um, know. I felt I felt bad just because Frank's like he had a really good couple of weeks, and I thought we were moving away from that. And then it was just like, well, yeah, uh, he should be a Nick. And I was like, LeBron, let's just shut the fuck up. Just one time. Just shut the fuck up. I'm waiting to see if LeBron just like stops, starts dropping things about all the teams he's considering in free agency this year. Like, well, the Lakers should have done this move. And like now he's just going to try to make like six different teams happy with him uh, and criticize all their moves in their hopes of landing him. So if that's what this Knicks season ends up becoming, like just the year of trying to woo LeBron James, I'm going to be upset. LeBron also got Shabazz Napier drafted by the Heat, and then he 
jump town. Right? Like, Remember this is that? a known thing. Like, this is a thing he does. So, it's just funny to me at this point. I don't, I don't think he was talking junk about Frank or the current ownership of the Knicks, but I think it, I really just think it was a Phil Jackson shot, and I think we're going to do this all season. LeBron's going to create these headlines to distract us from the Cavs not being very good. I just thought it was weird timing, too, because we play them tomorrow night. The Knicks play the Cavs tomorrow night, and you know, obviously that's going to come up in every preview. Um, and I don't know, maybe he was just trying to create headlines or something like that and you know, take a shot at Phil during that kind of way. But I don't know. It just, it just like, like we were saying, LeBron's so calculated, and it's just such a weird way to phrase something. It's such weird timing to do it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Leadership poll. Is LeBron going to be a Nick next year? Uh, yep. You yep. bet. All right, we're calling it then. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, this is one of those I'll believe it when I see it because how many pipe dreams have we had that have fallen by the wayside? Like, remember when CP3 was a lock? A lock. He was at Amari's... He, a lock. He was at Amari's wedding. Um, there was that secret uh, best man or that secret speech that I, I think one of them had at the wedding and they made a pact and they were going to be uh, the rival big three to mm-hmm. Miami's big three and then people, you know, were drinking that Kool-Aid for a while and then... Uh, once Amari kind of deteriorated, it was like, well, if he's still coming here, that's still the pipe dream. He, you know, it's going to happen, him and Melo. And I was like, all right, you know, of course not. This is after the pipe dream from LeBron the first time, after we cleared all this cap space to just give him a Sopranos trailer, basically, to lure him in. And um, I don't I don't know. It's just, it's like we always buy into the pipe dream. And it's like, now I feel like we don't need to because we have KP. So it's like, I don't even want to get myself started on LeBron's tweeting habits and Instagram habits and comments and how calculated he is and these vague little things he says to get people going. I don't, I know it's fun. I'll probably get roped in at some point. I'm going to just try to right now calm the nerves, you know, 11 games into the season because or 12 games into the season, because I just, I don't have the energy for like 70 more games of this thinking that he's going to come. And then I got to go the whole summer and wait for July 1st. Let's just, let's pump the brakes. Let's see Let's watch Cleveland implode a little bit first. Let's make sure KP is going to be the top five guy he's been playing like. And then I'll talk myself into it. But right now, it's it's the second week of November. Let's pump the brakes. All right. I think that means we have to move on then. Um, let's take a look at what is up next. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're down a man. Our good friend, Euro Nick. Uh, Mindaugas Kuzminskis is no longer, uh, no longer part of the team. He's now officially gets once a Nick, always a Nick, uh, status. And yeah, Joakim Noah will be rejoining. Uh, how do you guys feel about Kuzminskis being waived over, uh, there was the non-guaranteed contract of Jack or Ramon Sessions who hasn't been playing. Um, I don't know. Is there anybody else you would have liked to see go over Kuz? I didn't think it mattered that much. Kuzminskis has zero games played this season. He was good in Eurobasket, and they were trying to trade him, but it's really hard to trade something that you don't showcase. Um, everyone keeps saying, oh, they could have gotten a second-round pick for him, but he's played zero minutes this year. It's really hard to trade that type of player. Um, Jared Jack is obviously been the key to the uh, Knicks offense. Somehow, some way, I can't believe that's a completely true sentence at this point. And I thought Sessions would be the odd man out 
especially considering Ron Baker's contract, seeing as you can't waive him. No trade but, clause, baby. Nope. So yeah, so I thought it would be Sessions, but I really, I guess not. So here we are. I don't know. I just because I, I really like Kuz, and I'm also, as you guys know, because I've said this like six thousand times, I'm a big Eurobasket guy, and he kind of balled the fuck out in Eurobasket, and I not that I thought that was gonna play into like a big season for him, but I thought it kind of solidified what we saw last year, where he was just a very solid guy off the bench like he was like a seventh eighth man good in those minutes that he played just very serviceable saw more of that in Eurobasket. i was like oh i mean this is good this is encouraging you'd want to see your players do well you know willie and kp uh kp played very well um in that tournament too so i don't know i just thought it was strange that they didn't play him at all but again it things happen i understand you know different rosters different situations but i just i don't it's not that I don't agree with waving coups as much as I don't agree with waving coups over sessions. Cause like basically the exact same reasons Trey was explaining, I don't get like financially it made more sense. Yeah. I was to get gonna, rid of coups. I was going to ask it, like, it, cause it, he's got like a $3 million cap hit. And like, I don't know. Do you, do you guys consider that like a drop in the water in today's like kind of uh financial climate or is that still something that would kind of make an owner, or like Dolan kind of, you know, uh, not want to wave someone like that over someone who's not guaranteed or something like that. Does it make a difference? I guess is really what I'm saying. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be that big of a difference. It's, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's just like from the financial standpoint, from the roster makeup standpoint, especially when you know we re-signed Ron Baker for nine million, which isn't a ton, but it's like it's still. Nine million we shouldn't have given him in the first place. So it's like he gave a young guy nine million. So that's three guard spots pretty much locked up. And then you have coups at a position of need, really. The, the wing is something that we're not very strong at, you know? So it was like I don't I, I don't know. I just I didn't get it. I mean Coos was a little bit younger. There was the cap hit. I I don't know. It just didn't make sense. It it didn't make a sense comparing it to sessions. I guess like it, it still makes sense because he wasn't playing and if you didn't have use for him, get rid of him. I agree with that. But when it just seemed like either or and I don't get why they chose this direction, but it's it's not a, a massive deal. The optics just kind of look funny. I mean, like even what about even like Beasley or someone like what's what is he signed at right now? Is he a minimum player? Yeah, it should be a maximum player, in my opinion. <laughs> Was the uh, the Dr. J uh, layup last night the thing that saved his role in this team? No, Probably. I, I mean, there was a lot of feet work last night, too, from Beasley, so it was an exhibition. All right, fair enough. Well, yeah, I guess they're not going to play Kuz. If they're, if they're going to play Beasley and they want to keep Sessions there for, uh, you, know, you know, I guess as like a backup to all the other point guards in this kind of volatile situation, I guess Kuz is the one who has to go. And real quick before we move on, in, in all seriousness, I know we like to have fun, but Kuz should have been playing every Michael Beasley minute so far. I know we all like, I know we all like the the sound bites and you know the jokes that we can make about Michael Beasley. It, it is very fun in a season that we're we're actually having lots of fun with, but um, Beasley's been just bad outside of like two stretches the entire year. So uh, having a guy like Kuz is a little bit more unselfish and just a better player i think he should have been playing the entire time but that's neither here nor there i can't can't change the past yeah 
Um, do you guys? Is there any possibility you guys think he gets picked up? The Knicks don't have to uh, pay, deal with this whole salary thing on the books. Oh yeah, he's going to the Spurs. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the Spurs project. player if I've ever. Yeah, that's the Spurs player if I've ever seen one. Well, twenty-eight see. year. He was a twenty-eight-year-old rookie. He's twenty-nine now. Just got cut from his first NBA team. He can play. Played very well overseas. This is see you in this the is a very this, this is a very Spursy pick. Kawhi, we don't know when Kawhi is going to be back. They're a little bit, a uh, little bit, uh, not a lot of depth on the wing right now in San Antonio. It just makes it. it it's very Spursy. It's very Spursy. Poor Kawhi. He's going. He's going to go to San Antonio and he's going to average like 15 points his first month. Well, that's you good heard, for him. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime that uh, players can get away from the Knicks supper machine, I'm happy about it. Um, all right. Well, thanks, Kuz. It's been real. Uh, we updated the uh, T-shirt design and the uh, the mug design, the T-Public uh, Euro Knicks design um, to replace Kuz with Cantor. So if you want to update yours, it, it's there in the merch store. Uh, we just got ahead of that. What do we beat that by, like a week? Yeah, week, uh... like not even. But yeah, so... Uh, yeah, Euronix still still alive and well. Uh, moving on to Joakim Noah. Because now Kuz, do we have to? Yeah, well we did. Kuz is out. Noah's here. Jesus, he's back here. What is this from? Like an already fucked up front court rotation. How how do we give Joakim Noah minutes at this point? Don't. We, you know it's gonna happen. Yeah, I know. So what what happens tomorrow versus the Cavs? Joe Noah claps really loudly in yeah. his warm up, and and in the faces of some opponents after he gets a hard foul. Given how how long do you think it's going to take for Hornacek to get fed up with Cantor's lack of defensive ability and start uh, Noah instead? You know, I I don't know that he'll get fed up with it because right now and and again, anything could change, but. Um, his pros are sort of outweighing the cons. Like last night, he got he got every rebound when he was on the court. It it appeared like that dude was just it was like a hungry, hungry hippo. It was like he was just snatching every goddamn thing that came his way, especially offensively. He didn't miss. He just kept snagging stuff, throwing it right back up. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he blows assignments. He's he historically has not been a good defender in the league, but. Right now, for this specific team, this run that they've been on, he's, I mean, he's done pretty well. He'll probably come back to earth a little bit, but I don't know. I mean, in a perfect world, what? Noah plays 10 minutes a game? Zero. Zero. I mean, realistically, in a perfect world. realistically getting at least 15. I think they want him to get 22. Like, I think if they want Noah to be good, so he's not wasting his money. So I think he's going to start at 15. They're going to try to push him towards 20. Once he proves that he just cannot handle that, I'm sure he'll get a little less. I'll take the under. I don't think he plays 15 minutes. Like I don't think he's good enough as an NBA player to do that. I don't think he's even a better defender at this point than Cantor is. Like I don't think he's going to be good at all. No. And I think he's going to prove that, and he's not going to earn those 15 minutes that he gets. I agree If with he that. does even get that. He, he, wow. What a malfunction of a sentence that was. Even if he gets to the 15-minute mark, I don't think it's going to be effective. Yeah. No, you I agree with that. I, I don't think he maintains it. You know what I find interesting? Uh, back in the day, and I mean pre-social media, 
like when a dude who was, you know, injury prone or had a couple bad years when like a story used to come out and maybe I'm wrong, but it feels this way. Stories would come out saying like, oh, Joe Kim Noah is in great shape after a couple uh, down years. He's in the best shape of his life. You would I feel like it was taken more seriously. Maybe it was more serious. Like it would be like, oh, yeah, Noah lost. 35 pounds from last year. He feels great. He looks right. better. They did that with, injuries. like, Amari and stuff, too. Yeah, and, and now I feel like it's, like, a dude has one bad year, and then immediately it's just, like, he's in great shape. He's, the, you know, best shape of his life. And it gets put, and it's almost like if for the past three years we have to say Noah looks great, this is the best he's looked in a while, then it's, I mean, there's nothing to come of it. It's like the boy who cried wolf. I just feel like that's not a thing anymore. Like, we just say that every year about every player and just sort of hope it sticks. Like, he's broken down. He Look, he was a really, really, really elite defender for quite some time with the Bulls. And then his body betrayed him. He got run into the ground. And now he is who he is. When he was at his peak, he had a damn good peak. But now it's just not there. He probably is in really good shape. He could be in great shape and still not be good at basketball anymore. So, I don't, I don't know. Um, what about... Who, so what minutes is he getting here? Is it like, is Billy just not going to see the court at all anymore? Is O'Quinn no, going to lose yeah. a lot of minutes? Probably going to tap into O'Quinn's minutes, I would yeah. imagine. Or maybe That's... they just play some bigger fronts and stop doing the uh, KP at the five. Yeah. They could, they That's could the other thing. They could see, I could see Beasley's minutes going. I could see Lance Thomas losing some minutes. Yeah. What were you going to say, Trey? That's the other thing. Like, where do these minutes even come from? Like, you can... I don't know. Like, he just doesn't fit. He doesn't, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, where his minutes come from. Probably, I mean, if anything, you would hope because O'Quinn's been pretty damn good considering his role. You know, I don't want to get, like, in the, the mincing of words that, like, uh, JB got on last week with Twitter when he was saying, so far, Cantor's been pretty decent at defense. And then, you know, everybody jumped down and started just like, no, Cantor is not a good defender. And he's like, I'm not saying he's a good defender as a whole. I'm saying right now he's good. Same thing with O'Quinn. Like, say what you want about O'Quinn and what he's been for his career. Like, right now, he's had a really impressive start for his role to start the season. And I think, you know, penalizing O'Quinn and even Lance Thomas, who's been pretty good, I think penalizing them as opposed to, you know, wiping all of Michael Beasley's minutes really isn't fair you know I, I i can't see maybe they lose a minute or two i, I don't i would hope basically you you phase out michael beasley and just kind of plug noah in those spots because you know he's gonna play i think that's like the best you could hope for because beasley's already giving us nothing he's already a negative on the court as a whole so noah's gonna be the same so you might as well put one in for the other and leave the other positives alone at this point, like Kylo Quinn's not going to get any better. You might as well strike while iron's hot and try and move him for literally not a center, anything but a center. At this point, like if that's the option and you have to play Joe Kim Noah, then moving O'Quinn might not be the worst thing that happened. O'Quinn has a huge uh, defensive point saved like differential against the rest of the team, though. Um, I'm just looking at the NBA math uh, tweet that went out about an hour ago, looking at his TPA. Um, he is like, he's super high up there. He's up around like, he doesn't add all that many offensive points, but he's up around like, I think it looks like 18 or so, 17 or 18. And the rest of the team is like hovering above or, you know, or right at zero or below zero. So 
I, if the Knicks want to stay fun, they want to stay winning some games, then I think you kind of got to hold on to O'Quinn. And I'm sticking with the keep O'Quinn wagon I've been on for the last few weeks. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just if they're trying to commit to the tank, he's probably the piece that should go anyway. Hey, uh, real quick before I forget, because I tweeted it this morning and I sent this to you guys in the chat, and when you just talked about O'Quinn's defensive stats, I remembered it. Can we talk about the um, on and off with KP plus Frank on the court versus off the court? And I think it's in like 60 minutes. So the disclaimer is it's a small sample size. Only want to spend like two minutes here. But holy shit. They were a net positive of like 44 and a half. That is stupid. And also kind of screams unsustainability. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I don't yeah, sorry no, to I, down I, you there. No, no, no. I, I mean, of course, nobody's gonna finish a season plus forty-four, but like we for example, all of us are watching the games, right? And all of us can agree when Frank and KP were on the court, good things were happening, right? We that that was pretty easy to see. Like they're playing better defense, the offense is moving a little bit better, they're working pretty well together. This makes sense. This is good. And then when it's just Frank on the court. You're like, all right. I mean, it's a little bit off, but, you know, Frank can still play good defense. And then when they're both off the court, the whole game goes to shit for the most part. I think we we all saw that, right? Yeah. And then when you see the numbers and you see, like, again, it's just 60 minutes. We're 12 games through the year. 44, a plus rating of 44 is not sustainable. I'm well aware of this. But when you know something... It's encouraging. That's all I'm saying is it's encouraging because that's what I was I was playing around with the stats this morning because I saw I was looking at KP's numbers and I was like, well, I want to see his on and off. And then I was like, well, while I'm here, I'd like to see both of them together on and off. And then I I knew it was going to be a positive, but I thought it was going to be like a like a plus ten rating in a small sample, which would have been good. And then I see plus forty four, and I la- I laughed to myself like out like audibly in in my own house. And I don't know. I just thought. It's something they can like. It, it, they can, it's something they can look forward to building momentum off of, right? Like, I don't know if they care about this stat at all or anything like that. But when you have, you know, when they eventually go through their, um, you know, the the inevitable down streak when it comes to all this, it's like this part of their game is still going to look good because it's it's all going to even out. So as long as they build off of, as long as they can build from here and keep, you know, at least doing the little things and keep, you know, finding that chemistry together, then you know, there's nothing not to be encouraged about here. Um, also, by the way, I got distracted a little bit while you were talking because I just watched uh, Shane Larkin destroy C.J. Miles' ankles. C.J. Miles is about to have a kid. How dare he? Once a Nick, always a Nick, Shane Larkin. And then shoot, shoot like... Tiny hands. Yeah, and shoot like this ridiculous long two. <sighs> Classic former Nick. I can't believe long that dude two. is still floating around. On Contributing to a good team. Yeah. Like a very good team. I actually don't know if he's contributing. I haven't seen much Shane Larkin, but he's getting minutes on a really good team, so good for him. Yeah, good for him. Sorry, CJ Miles. Um, all right. What else is going on? Um, you want to talk about the last night's game a little bit? Yeah, Anything I was... Anything else we have to get to? No, I mean, just a couple of little things. Um, I think James wrote an article... I hope it was James, so correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, on Courtney Lee just yes. p- playing a great role 
on this team as a same kind of stuff he did last year, except better because he doesn't have Derrick Rose and other odd and negative variables to deal with. That's not a shot of Carmelo. I just mean as a whole, it was an odd fitting team, a lot of no minutes, but I digress. So, um, yeah, James had a really good article on Lee's play to start the year. And then he goes off. I think he had 20 last night or was a little over 20 and he was just doing a bunch of good things. Just, in the passing lanes, just tipping things out, stealing. Um, he, I mean, I don't recall him missing last night. I'm sure he did, but it just felt like he didn't. So that was really encouraging. And the Knicks got off to a slow start, and then Lee just took over, basically, him and KP. Um, I, I almost don't want to talk about KP on this pod because every pod has been us talking about a KP 30-point game. So just, drop I'd like, just drop it. Just drop like, it. Let's just drop the line. Just that's all we need to do. So, Let's celebrate. So, because um, we're seven and yeah. five, I mean, and yeah. KP is the yeah. reason for it. So he had thirty-four points, and he had five rebounds and like three blocks. It's it's just stupid. It's yeah. so stupid how good he is right now. We've been waiting for this. Like let's let's soak it in. It doesn't matter. We can talk about this for ten, twelve, twenty more weeks. He just does everything, bro. Everything. Like he he hit like three threes in the first quarter. Like I I I didn't even think it was like a quiet 24 points in the first half like that's where we've gotten to like he he was just hitting like regular jumpers and i'm like i was making clips for the game last night so i keep like you know i'm watching the game but i'm also trying to make clips and all of a sudden i like look up at the number and i didn't realize how many points he had and it was 24 and then i started it was stupid it was stupid 24 points by halftime it just and it's gotten to the point where this is normal now like in 12 games this has become it's Ah, man, I hope this continues. This is so fun. If it can go through Thanksgiving, maybe into December a little bit, like, I'm going to be real stoked about it. I mean, Thanksgiving is the milestone mark, right? Like, that's the official you're into the season. It's no longer the beginning of the season. You're right You're right in the prime of it. So if you can yeah. go the whole beginning of the season, like, scoring 30 consistently almost every game, just putting on monster performances like this, doing everything on the court, like you were saying, then, like... The rest of the year is probably going to look pretty good, too. To be completely fair, the NBA season started two weeks earlier this year, and this is like two weeks before Thanksgiving. So it's kind of right now at that point when, like, comparative sake to um, other seasons. And the other thing that I want to just mention about KP's stretch, and I tweeted this out, and I got a lot of engagement this morning from uh, our fans, and we had... They had noticed it was something I wasn't paying attention to because remember in years past KP could score, but he wasn't that efficient. And now he's at, he's basically, you know, I think he's six percentage points on his free throws away from a 50, 40, 90 line, which is an elite efficient club. So I basically was tweeting that and I was like, holy shit, he's averaging 30 while in the, just about in the 50, 40, 90 club. That's fantastic. He's nearing it. And then everyone noted, cause I, you know, screenshotted the top five scores of which he's third and he plays the least amount of minutes by a minimum of four minutes a game compared to the other guys. For You know, he plays 32 and a half minutes. The next lowest number is Harden at 36.3. And then Giannis plays 37 and Boogie and LeBron play 38. So he's third in scoring while playing you know, four to six minutes less than these guys. And that's just, that's another like stupid little thing. It's like, it's just makes you feel good. It really does. 
Yeah, I am. I am all for it. Uh, it's just like there's so many good players in the league this year. Like there's so many guys who have been on like the the up and up, I guess, who are now just like dominating. Like you got Giannis out there, you got KP out there, you got just like it's it's just coming together for so many of these guys. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Anything else big last night? Dotson got some uh, got some scoring in. Um, I think Matt tweeted it. Matt was on the tweets last night that we are now accepting passengers for the Dotson hype train. Oh, so okay. I mean, he yeah yeah. So all aboard, you know, choo choo and all that. But choo uh, and all that. <laughs> <laughs> not not. But he came out just guns blazing. You know, he came right out nine straight points. I think he was like four or five shooting. Um, he hit, I think it was like two threes. Yeah, no, it might have been three, three. I don't know. It was like two threes and a, or a three and a couple of layups. I don't, I don't know. But he just came out and he was hitting like everything. And it was nice little like, you know, he pump faked off a three, took like two dribbles in, went baseline for a jumper, splashed a, you know, three or two. I mean, he just, I don't know. I We need to see more of that athleticism. I'd almost rather see Dotson come in for a Hardaway in stretches in the next couple of games and just see how that goes Ooh, yeah you know Hard- what Timmy Hardaway was not good last night oh uh, he's very streaky you know he's very streak which we, we knew this about him but mm. maybe if you have a guy who can do the same kinds of things then you can just spell him a little bit with that and it'll take some of the pressure off you know it'll help you know I, I can't see how it wouldn't you got a young good shooter you might as well try to take advantage is he a good shooter yeah he's pretty good I mean for what we've seen Right, we don't have much to go off of. He, I don't know. He's way too streaky to be considered a good shooter to me. Oh, are, you I, about, are you talking about Hardaway? Or are you talking Hardaway? Uh, Hardaway? Hardaway? Oh, okay, okay. I thought you meant Dotson. I was like, no, no, Dot, Dotson. Like, Dotson seems to be good. Like, I, I, that's, I'm that's, going off. I think he was good in Atlanta, right, last year. He's like a decent shooter for someone whose main thing is not being a shooter. I feel like, if that makes sense. Um, taking a look, like at his three-point percentage right now, he's at twenty-nine percent. Last year, he was at thirty-five. Thirty-five is decent, but it's still below league average, right? Like, is in league average like thirty-eight-ish? Yeah, it's like thirty-seven, thirty-eight. He was thirty-five last year. He was thirty-three the year before that. He was thirty-four the year before that. And in his rookie year in New York, he was thirty-six. Like, he's a he's billed as a shooter, and he can't really shoot all that well. Ah, so he's kind of in the Robert Covington field because this is where I slandered Robert Covington last year. When uh, people said he was three and D, and then he can only shoot three from about thirty-five percent. So interesting that we've arrived at this point. Yeah, interesting indeed. Well, I think that's kind of just what we're gonna get from Tim, though. It's kind of wow. what, what we've seen. It's what we're gonna get. I think. I he's, think I, you could just I handle think, it with better efficiency. I think at this point. Well, I think the efficiency comes from you know the transition game that he developed in Atlanta. Right. I know JB did a lot of work with that, and that's sort of where he kind of earned his you know, way back onto the court was he was just really running, getting out in transition. And I remember last night, Trey, when we were texting back and forth about is Tim Hardaway good or not? And I said, he's added that playmaking element. Like when I've seen that it's been in the transition game, like he's been getting out and running and he's found a couple of guys or, you know, I remember one time specifically, I think it was in Orlando. You know, he went down on the, was it in Orlando or might've been the Pacers game. It was one of those games. And he was on a fast break. It was like a, three on two and then he like went in for the layup didn't have it and 
you know, instead of forcing it, he did like a wraparound pass to whoever was coming down the lane for an easy layup. And it's like, not that this makes him good or makes up entirely for the poor shooting so far, but that's an element where he's sort of proving, well, I can find other ways to get involved. You know, that's not shooting. Whereas before in his first season in New York, it was just fucking shooting. Like he only chucked it, never passed, never tried to, didn't rebound, no defense, nothing. So it's like, that's what I'm saying. He's not bad. It's just he's not as good as we need him to be right now or really good, period. But he's just not bad. That was my argument. There's another thing that's kind of interesting about him, and I know it's small sample size. So through 12 games, his usage rate is 23%. Mm-hmm. Um, in his second year as a Nick, it was slightly higher than it is right now. Hmm. And that's just a testament to how bad that roster was. Like that was the year right before Chris Tapps. Okay, I think Mello was... Yeah, I think Melo was injured off and on that season, too. Didn't he miss 40, that was the 40 games he missed, right? I think so, yeah. but they kind of shut him down because they were yeah, yeah, not very that, good. They tanked the rest of that year. They traded Hardaway for Grant. And yeah, okay. But yeah, his usage rate that year was 23.8 compared to his 23, just 23 flat right now. Like last year he, in Atlanta, he was 20, 22 and a half. So he's being used more this season than he was in Atlanta but it's still not top usage percentage of his career. I think that's kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, I think it just shows that, like, he's he looks more comfortable. He's gotten better over the last couple of years, and, like, he developed more of a transition game in Atlanta, like we've talked about, and taken it, he's brought it with him. Uh, but, like, as far as what his efficiency is going to look like going forward, what his field goal percentage is going to look like, you know, three-point percentage, I feel like, you know, it's going to remain consistent with what it's been his whole career. And, you know, because he's like, this is basically the same player we've we've seen. He could just kind of handle a little bit of a larger load, I guess. I guess a good question is, what do you guys, I mean, obviously, when you ask these kinds of questions, a lot of times people, oh, man, hold on. Kuz just posted something like 40 minutes ago on Instagram of an empty Knicks locker. And that just hit me in the feels. Oh, boy, that's sad. Oh, man. The, the well, caption, the cap, before you even go any further. The caption, the first two sentences, if you will, New York, period. What can I say? Question mark. That's how you know it's just going to take oh, a turn. Geez. Yeah, I got something to break in your spirits when you're What's ready. That? Enos Cantor had a quote come out um, defending Frank. Oh, I saw he that said, too. He said, this is my rookie. This is my team. This is my organization. I cannot let him disrespect him like that. Talking about LeBron. I cannot let anyone disrespect my family like that. It doesn't matter if it's LeBron or whoever it is. I cannot let him disrespect him like that. I fucking hate how much I love Cantor. <laughs> what did uh, what did B Dubs call him in the group chat before Candy Bear? <laughs> <laughs> I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning because I know one of you guys had sent that last night, and I didn't see the B Dubs comment. I woke up this morning and I see uh, it was like fuck yeah, Candy Bear, and I was like, oh man, I lost it. I want to trade him so badly. But I love him so much. You know, say, say what you want about Edis Cantor, but that is a fun dude to have on your team. It really, I, I really liked him and his dynamic last year with the Thunder. Well, and, I thought he was going to resent Knicks fans because he felt so close with Thunder fans, but he just brought it with him. Nah, and I, I saw that when I went to media day. He was like, I don't, maybe, I don't know if he's just a really good actor. I don't know if he's just a genuinely happy-go-lucky dude, but like the whole time there like all the questions he had answered just his overall demeanor this dude was just smiling the whole time it seemed really genuine uh he just laughed a lot he seemed to be having a lot of fun um 
he's joking around with almost every reporter. So I, I don't know. I just think he's just a good, fun guy. He makes the best out of any situation he's in. Um, and I do like that he defended Frank like that. Yeah. Because uh, what he, he tweeted last night, didn't he? Wasn't that what happened? He tweeted and he's like, nah, we're good. Uh, yeah, we're good that's what, what we I have. saw initially. Like, whether this team ends up going to the playoffs or being successful or not, like, it's just like that fun little stuff that helps you get through the year of any season for any team. It's like that kind of stuff makes it worth it. I, I love seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cantor, known fan of uh, the Knicks wall. Known uh, fan. Known fan. Very notable fan. Friend of the site. Friend of the site. Possibly, you know, hopefully maybe one day friend of the pod. For sure. Yep. Um, all right. Well, coming up, we got the Cavs tomorrow and we got the we got Cantor's first team, the Jazz on Wednesday, who will not have Rudy Gobert, who is out four to six weeks after yeah. uh, uh, the collision dive, whatever you want to call it, from Dion Waiters. So did you guys think that was dirty? Not really. Didn't see the play. He basically, all right, people think it's dirty, and I, I was on the fence initially. I'm still sort of on the fence, but basically the ball initially starts going towards Gobert, but then Gobert sort of steps a little bit out of the way, and the ball sort of goes left. Gobert goes right. Dion was already, like, not diving per se, but he was, like, crawl diving towards he's, the ball. He's, he's a hustle player. You know, you know yeah, he's going yeah. for it. Yeah, so he was going like towards the ball, and he was just on a straight path, and then the ball goes left, and then suddenly Dion and his whole back kind of roll and go right at Gobert. So I can see why people think it was intentional. Dion doesn't seem like the kind of dude. I don't think he's had a history of plays anywhere close to being dirty like he was perceived to be here, but I can see why. I didn't. I don't know. I don't think it yeah. was like dirty, dirty. Yeah, it, I you, think it's just one of those things that happened. Like remember when like Kemba Walker essentially essentially ruined Tyson Chandler's Knicks career. Like these these kind of things, you can't really predict a knee injury. Like no one's at it, Waiters isn't out there trying to be. You know, he's not the most reckless player in the NBA. That's for sure. He's not trying to. He's not out there to hurt anybody. It just kind of happens. But now the other hopefully DW Miami Heat history. He's he's the one known for. Being a dirty player, the other DW in my oh. history, Ooh. yeah, the, 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 the inferior, yeah, the inferior. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, he, which one owns an island? Right. Uh, <laughs> all, all I know is that Wade, Wade might have a banana boat, but Waders has an island. Wade trying to get to the, trying to get to the island. I think that's why he's got the boat. Some would say he's wading through the water. Moving on. Oh God! No, come on. <laughs> that was hey, man. I, know, I know bad jokes. <laughs> and let me tell you, that's one I strayed away from. <laughs> um, Wade, just one more second there, Kyle. <laughs> I'm I'm so done with this. Just waiters this out, Anthony. It, it gets better. <laughs> come on. I'm not. I shouldn't have to spend my Sunday doing this. Shouldn't have to listen to this. All right. All right. So, uh, so after LeBron's comments, we have the Cavs coming to town on Monday, and the Knicks put a whooping on them in Cleveland. Yeah, are we following? Are some of the same? I think KP's ready. 
KP, because that was like the KP coming out party for the year, right? Mm-hmm. Was that the first 30-point game? Did he score 30 in the opener? Uh, Yeah. I want to say yes. Because, because I think he's only had like two games where he hasn't. I think yeah, one game Celtics was... Celtics and uh, I don't know who the other team was. There was... Maybe, was it the Pistons? Celtics and uh, the game he missed. Because he's right. just that big of a monster. Against Cleveland, he, he had 32 wins. points. 32 points against Cleveland with 12 rebounds and two blocks. Yeah. Uh-oh. I mean, he, he's had... Yeah, go ahead. He's had three. He's had three games without thirty points. Um, CHO is that? I don't know which team that is. Is that Charlotte? Shouldn't that be Charlotte? How do they get the O? But yeah, he had twenty-eight against Charlotte. He had nineteen against Houston, and he had twelve against Boston. Houston. Ah, Houston. Houston. Yeah, that was yeah, a blowout. That's he right. We're not, we're not worrying about that game. Didn't even happen, as far but, as I'm concerned. I don't know. James Harden who? Uh, Houston, Frank. Never mind. Don't even. Don't you fucking dare. Um, yes, I don't. I mean, I'm. I'm excited to get the Cavs twice in the first month while they're in shambles. I think that's a good move. You know, the more we can pump up the record here against perceived difficult teams, the better. Let's just get this out of the way early before they figure it out in January. Yeah, if we can win two, then I'm. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. I'm going to play him three times, so we win this yeah. game, win the season series. There we go. Garden's rocking behind uh, KP right now, so you might as well just keep it moving. Keep this momentum going, but um, Cat, bro, I need, a, I need a good Frankie game. I need like a 20-point Frankie, like for my sanity. Mm, you you think may, he might be able to do it against Cleveland? They have air playing for them at the point guard yeah. position. There, There's no, there's nothing there. Once a Nick O is a Nick Derrick Rose. Is that it? Yeah, is that a Derrick Rose not showing up joke? Is that what the air is on mm. defense? Highbrow. Highbrow. Man. Um, Calderon might lock him up. I don't know. <laughs> tough to say. Yeah, it might be tough to get him on the... Uh, it depends on who else is playing well for the Knicks against the Jazz because I could I could see Sepalosha locking him up. Um, the Cavs are really Knicks West at this point. They have it, so many so former true, Knicks. It's so true, dude. They got Chang they got Fry. They got... Like Jump, all, JR, Calderon, yeah, the entire, Rose. Like, all we have to do is send Hardaway over there and they'll have like the entire tankier shooting guard position locked up. Conspiracy theory. So remember how earlier in the year Channing Fry said his biggest regret was not whatever, like playing great for New York or being great while he was in New York? Right. What if LeBron is leaving, he is coming to New York, and... He wants Channing Fry to come with him, a la James Jones in previous other seasons. Harden and Fry. Ah. I mean, uh, LeBron and Fry for Michael Beasley. Look, I don't know. Tough sell. Tough I don't know. sell. I'm saying this is this is as hard of evidence. Michael as Beasley there's been in the so second. I, you can't I give up a pick there. <laughs> so Michael Beasley and say two firsts and Marcus Camby. <laughs> Take that, Masai Uhiri. Uh. Good old Bargs. Got to keep the... I don't think we had him on the last no, one. So we, we, I thought of it earlier in the pod. We broke the streak. Yeah. Well, well, new streak starts today, Bubba. There we go. All right. Anything else? When I was, when I was at the Knicks game, I wanted to yell to uh, Richard Jefferson that I missed the, the old podcast with Channing Fry because he got moved. That was such a fun podcast, Road Trip in. Is he... Or are they redacted. still doing it? Individually. 
So it'll be like a Richard. It'll be a Richard episode, and then it'll be a Channing episode. But they're not together that's anymore. Insane. So that's yeah. That's what I was saying. I totally forgot he was on the Nuggets too. And then I just saw him. I was like, oh, I miss who? Richard Jefferson. He's on the Nuggets now. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's the easiest way for me to hate somebody. That's unfortunate. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. I, oh, that ruined my day. How many more years until he fake retires again? I think this year. This year. I think he was just gonna. Yeah, I think he was just gonna ride it out again with the Cavs. Look, think about it. He had his like best friend there, Channing Frye. Those guys were killing it in their leisurely time. You had a free finals run every year. You know, I think that's what he signed up for again was the free finals run, hanging out with his buds. That's kind of gone. Now he's got to play with that other center in Denver. So I don't know who would want to do that. You know that Beasley hasn't shot a single three in New York this year. He doesn't shoot threes. Isn't that the weirdest thing? He shot forty. Like he shot forty percent in his uh, in his rookie year. Listen, when you're mellow, except on the left block. Do, do you even dare stray? Do you go out behind the line? Why? You're just automatic. He shot 42% from three last year. He took 43, though. He's not taking them. I always thought that he did or could, but he just he doesn't. Mm, yeah, it's only 0.8 attempts per game. Yeah. He took 43 last year in Houston. Houston, the team that takes more threes than anybody ever. He shot nine. Nine. I completely forgot he played for Houston. Eric Gordon shoots nine threes a game. That's what Michael Beasley took nine this season with the that, same team. That encourages the three. It wasn't he only there half a season. It still shouldn't have been nine for the season. It was wasn't 20, he only there? 20, he played twenty games with Houston. Yeah, that's and nine that, threes. Yeah, that's barely two threes a game. That's. I really thought that he took more of them until he came here, and he was not doing so. He has not taken a single one. Or no. He has, no, he's not made one. He has. He hasn't made one. That's correct. He's over for six. He is taking Tomorrow's four, the night. point six attempts per game. Tomorrow's the night. Beasley Big lights Mike up Cleveland. Beasley makes a three. No, he just makes a three. That's okay. it. That's all. Or he, yeah, he makes one. All right. Well, let's let's keep track of that moving forward. We'll have the uh, we'll start tallying how many games it takes for Beasley to hit a three. Put a Michael Threesley counter. Yep. Oh boy. Ooh, I'll gonna... put a, I'll put a ticker on the site. That sounds good. <laughs> make sure it says Michael Threesley, please. You got it. All right. That's so not going to happen. It's not going to say Threesley. I'm okay with it. I don't even know if there's going to be a ticker going up. We'll we'll see how I feel tomorrow. Um, All right. Anything else, guys? Frank's the best point guard in this draft. Say it again. LeBron. Talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it. Give me flex bombs. Yeah, we need more sound effects on this. Um, like, give me, give me, give me a little bit of time. I'll get some sound effects in here. He's better than Markel Fultz. He's Who? better than Lonzo Ball. He just that outplayed guy. Darren Fox. He's better mm. than Dennis Smith Jr. Who's next? There's nobody left. That's it. He's the best. Outplayed them all. How come? How come Orlando doesn't get slack for taking Jonathan Isaac? Huh? Orla- Have you seen Orlando's Not draft picks? Yeah, they're all terrible. They're all terrible. Okay. Yeah, Free, yeah, free Super Mario. Like, Hazonia, Alfred Payton, Oladipo only became good after he left. And after he left the MVP, the fake MVP. Right. So, shots at Russell Westbrook. I, 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 do, I do like how the narrative last year was on all of these fun Nuggets players. They were the media darlings. And I feel like 
ever so slowly, all of a sudden, KP is talked about every day, like three times a day. Everybody's swooning over him now for obvious reasons. But all of a sudden, Frank has now worked his way in, and you're seeing a lot of, like, Frank's the best point guard in this draft. And people are I know we like to have fun, and we we do believe it. He is a great passer thus far. He has 30 assists in his last four games, um, and he plays just tremendous defensive basketball. But people are starting to really get on board the Frank Hype train as well. And all of a sudden, you know, it's looking like the tide is turning on the LOL Knicks narrative that runs around on NBA Twitter. And uh, I hope it's legit. We're seven and five. We're seven and five. Seven and five. I think, aren't aren't we like third or fourth in the East or tied for somewhere in the middle? I haven't looked because I'm superstitious, but somewhere around there. I'm here for it. Look, Look, I just, um, like I said, before we even get off, I just want to, Frank does everything else well that I need to see him do well. I just... Really, 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 really need to see like a 15, a 20 point game. And then I'll like really be on board. You know, I just, it's like the optics. Like I know, you know, he can score. We've seen him do the things that scorers do, like just the drives and the cuts. And I just want to see it now. Hey, just but, give give me, give me my good old box score, traditional 15, 20 points. I don't care how you do it. Let me feel good about the offense going forward. Plenty of games left this week. Uh, by the way, the Knicks are fifth. 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 Yeah, fifth. with Washington. Okay, cool. That works for me. So. All right. Well, anything else, guys? Good to go? No, we'll see those, the uh, 11th place loser Cavaliers on Monday. All right. They stink. They stink. stink. They all on they ice. stink. The only team that's good are the New York Knicks. Can't wait for Frank to dunk all over Kevin Love tomorrow night. Kevin who? Exactly. All right. Um, everybody, do us a favor. Give us a give us a nice five star rating. Give us a review, would you? We might even have a little incentive for that coming up. I'm not going to say too much now, but yeah, give us I'm a hand, please. It helps us out a lot. Yeah, basically, uh, if you guys just start uh, reviewing and, and rating us and saying really nice things and uh, about us, and especially how handsome I am. Um, we may or may not have things to incentivize this going forward. There's a lot of good things on the horizon, so uh, yeah, yeah, we, we can either the race. yeah we can either confirm nor deny that things are on the horizon. But you may want to get on board early because it may help your chances, if you know what I mean. Oh, what I mean. Um, that was a bribe. I was I yeah, was bribing. Yeah, we're 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 bribing. We're we're into that. That's fine. Every other podcast has been bribing. You heard Zach Harper talk about it on uh shamelessly. On the last pod. Yeah, shamelessly. Yeah, yeah. there no shame needed. Um, while you're at it, while you're rating and reviewing, you can hop on Twitter. You can follow Trey at Trey Zingus. You can follow Kyle at Maggio NBA. You can follow me at Wish I Was Corbo. Um, and yeah, check out uh. Previews and recaps on the nixwall.com. Check out Nick's Film School's uh, videos. Our boy JB at Nick Film School. And yeah, I think that's going to be about it. Uh, let's hope for a big Frank game. And I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, take it easy, guys.